Welcome to Two Champs and a Chump Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Larry Evans, Michael Downs, and Jim Ruddle. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Episode 8 of Two Champs and a Chump Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Larry Evans, along with my co-hosts, Michael Doms and Jim Ruddle. Thank you for joining us. So, uh, guys, we've been watching some preseason games. What have you guys thought? Dude, I, I really hate this new preseason schedule. It's so bad for fantasy football. We, you know, when they had four weeks in a row, you could kind of pattern out. Nobody would play week one. You'd see the starters on week two for a little bit. Week three, they'd all play a half, and you could see exactly who's starting for who. And then week four was just for the back end of the rosters, and nobody would play. This fucking three-week bullshit with a week <laughs> off, it's really hard to prognosticate anything. Everybody's on different schedule. Every team's on a different schedule. It's fucking bullshit. I, I, I think they need to either go for or just fucking go straight into the season. I agree a lot with what Jim's saying. It's like I am learning nothing this year from what... Let me point out first, I don't have the time to really watch any preseason football, but I go back and watch the highlights, and I'm not really seeing much of anything because either the guys you like are playing against second or third string defenses or it's they're doing things a lot different this year. People, uh, a lot of teams aren't even playing their starters at all, so it's weird. Yeah, no, I'm going to agree with both of you guys. Um, you know, uh, the one thing I will say is that for the box score watchers out there, it really, really does you a disadvantage not to watch some of the games because you can see that a guy does great, but you don't see the fumble that he fucking had, or you don't see the block that he missed, you know, um, or you don't see that, you know, he's playing against third stringers or fourth stringers and stuff like that. So, you know, just be careful. Um, but I absolutely agree with Jim. I mean, when you turn on one of these preseason games, it's like rolling the dice. You don't know if you're going to see anybody that is relevant at all or if you're just going to see crap. But, I mean, I'm a box score watcher, and I'm even I'm just struggling to find games that I'm even interested in. Yeah, great. I, I saw Mahomes had two touchdowns on two straight drives in week season, uh, preseason number two, but, I, you know, that I don't need to see that. I already kind of know that. It, it's... There's very little to discover in the preseason. And God, when somebody does break through in, in, in the preseason game, doing best ball drafts, it, it gets way overreacted. I mean, it's just, I don't know. This is like new ground for all of us. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, today we are going to be going over discussing keeper selection and strategies. Um in our league, we keep 10 keepers and uh, throw the rest of them back off of a 21-man roster. So uh, today, we're going to actually start out with looking at Jim's roster. So we're going to kind of phrase this like this is a family feud, right? So, I mean, you know, we've got the top 10 answers on the board. <laughs> Let's see what everybody picks, right? There is never an episode where the title, Two Champs and a Chump, is more relevant than this one. Yeah, so so everybody be prepared for this sound. All right, uh, so uh, Jim, why don't you go over your 10 keepers and why you would keep those guys? Okay, well, I have Patrick Mahomes. That's an easy one. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of it's shit. <laughs> that is an easy one. No, 
All right, so I, I did have the, the perseverance to draft Patrick Mahomes late in our rookie draft four years ago, five years ago, to, and I, he did not play his entire first year. I kept him on my roster the entire year, save one week where he was open to everybody because I had injuries at the quarterback position. Matthew Stafford was out, and I had to drop him for one week, and I was petrified that somebody was going to pick him up, and nobody did. I was able to get him back. Everything's turned out the way that it's turned out. So you got Patrick Mahomes. Well, well, first off, before we go through Patrick Mahomes and through the rest of your roster, why don't you tell everybody what your team name is? Because maybe that will shed some light on the actual makeup of your team. Okay, my first team name was Buddy's Boys because that's the first thing I thought of when I was thrown into this fantasy draft. But then after two years, I listened to the album Master of Puppets by Metallica, and they have a song called Disposable Heroes. That is my team. The disposable heroes. No stars. Everybody's disposable. <laughs> Unfortunately, that doesn't really work in a dynasty league because we found out. I have won two titles in 28 years. Uh, I've been to the Super Bowl a couple of times. But like right now, this year, 2022, I am looking at a rebuild situation. That's not good to say in a dynasty league. But years prior, I have tried trading draft picks to make our 10 keepers as we go into the the draft season and we go into the season, I've done everything I possibly could to make my 10 the best 10 it could possibly be. That usually means draft or trading away all my draft picks. I've kept one, uh, my first round draft picks before they're usually in the top five and it just never seemed to work out. It seemed like I was just wasting time drafting these rookies not being patient with them, either discarding them or trading them away to watch them blossom three years from now. It, it, it's a system that just never worked for me. So I decided to trade draft picks to make my 10 that year better, to have the strongest starting lineup I possibly could before the draft. And that that was fun to me. I was able to make a lot of trades. The problem with that is, and I've run into this, five years in a row now, is I make the 10 strong enough to be very competitive the first couple weeks. I've started out 3-0, 3-1 the last five years. We get into the bye weeks. Well, one, I lose waiver wire position winning the games. If you're winning, you're at the end of the waiver wire. Uh, priority. Waiver wire priority. And I miss out on all the guys that break out weeks one, week two, when there's big injuries, whatnot. Somebody that nobody saw coming that breaks out week one, week two, I miss out on that. So that, first off, if if you are going to your going to into your draft and uh, depending on waiver wire priority, you may want to change that mindset yeah. <laughs> right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> but I've seen titles won by getting that hot guy, having the good defense that you, nobody saw coming, and having that. That hot guy, just you know, the league winner, the guy that nobody saw coming. I always thought I could grab that guy, and it just it the let it's it's you know I've gotten to the Super Bowl in the past, not won it, but it's worked it's worked relatively well, good enough in the years prior. It has not worked out at all for me the last five years, so I, I'm just looking at changing my the whole the not the entire way that I'm doing everything. I'm still gonna trade draft picks because I draft like shit 
But I, I'm going to try to just keep the 10 best guys that are on my roster currently. So let's look at those 10 guys. So you have Patrick Mahomes, who you said was going to be one of your, your keepers. Yeah, Matt <clears throat> Ryan's my other quarterback. I'm going to drop him. Okay. So then we go into your running backs. I have Damian Harris, who I actually, I, Mike and I just made a trade this offseason, Travis Kelsey for Damian Harris and Jerry Judy. Uh, I tried having the Kelsey to Mahomes connection last year, thought that you know I would have to add very little to that, and that would just carry me at least to the playoffs. That didn't work last year. Kelsey's getting older. I thought now is the time to trade. Mike's in a position this year where he can win it all this year with the roster he has. It made perfect sense. He traded me a running back and a wide receiver for the top three tight end. Yeah, I agree. His his team is the team to beat right now. Um, Damian Harris, I have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who I traded for two years ago. Thought I got a boon when I got him. And it just hasn't worked out. Oh, you got a boon, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that two, two yards of carry. Uh, <laughs> I keep praying. And I thought this would be the year. And, and in the preseason, I haven't seen it so far. But I really thought that the whole plan for him, when they got rid of Tyreek Hill, was to make their... Whoever the RB1 happens to be, whether it's Pacheco, whether it's McKinnon that they would be involved in the passing game. The, the sad part about him is that you weren't the only one that bought into him. There were so many people that year that drafted him over Jonathan Taylor just because of his landing spot. Right. When Jonathan Taylor was clearly the better talent. Yes. So Definitely the better runner. But CEH was supposed to have this all-around game that, for whatever reason, doesn't seem to translate to what Andy Reid wants to do. And it, it, it's just confounding me. And it, I, I've always, in our scoring system, I've always liked to have, especially if you have a really good quarterback, to have the running back tandem. I know that's not popular amongst like PPR and other systems, but to have, if you're in a high-profile offense and you have the quarterback and the running back, you're basically getting all the touchdowns then. that That's the way it's supposed to work. And it's... Every time I seem to get that, it never seems to work out. But anyways. Yeah, with the right offense. All right, so you've got uh, Mahomes, you've got CEH, you've got Damian Harris. So are, are, are all three of those keepers? Yes, all three of those are keepers. Okay. Michael Carter would be my, my fourth keeper. He's one of the three running backs. He's in a, a timeshare with Brees Hall. It's not looking good for him. When I traded for him last year, I thought I was getting this great young guy that was hurt at the end of last year, that was going to walk into this job where it was all his own, and then the Jets went off and, and drafted Brees Hall. It is what it is. But he, he's in a good enough spot, and he's young enough. Even if they were to trade him, whatever, I got to keep him. And then I was counting on guys like Ronald. During the offseason and at the end of last season, I picked up guys off the waiver wire like Ronald Jones Jr., who I got lucky with when the Chiefs signed him, but he's a bag of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I picked up Marlon Mack. That's insulting who, to a bag of shit. <laughs> <laughs> bag of shit the second. But uh, I, I picked up Marlon Mack at the end of last year. I've always, I had Marlon Mack when he was the starting running back for the Colts. He was buried on the depth chart behind Jonathan Taylor last year because he got hurt the year prior. I, I knew he was going to end up somewhere. It looked like he was going to be the starter for the Houston Texans. He, I, I had him marked in as a keeper this year, and he just sucks. 
Damian Pierce, Rex Burkhead, then Marlon Mack. That's not somebody that you keep. Uh, I have Corderell Patterson on my roster, who's uh, a th- last year was just ridiculous in the, in the numbers that he produced because he was the only guy producing on the Falcons team other than Kyle Pitts. Uh, but he he's going to be 32 at, at the time of the season. It's just not worth keeping him. Um, and my other running backs are Chris Carson and I can't remember. Who Trey, Sermon. Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon. Oh, fucking Trey Sermon. Don't, don't get me started on fucking Trey Sermon. That's why I said his name. <laughs> Let's get started. I had a future. I actually kept my 2024 first round pick going into the draft last year. When it was 1-9, I decided, and the guy who was at 1-9 decided to just throw that up to a trade. He, he he was done picking whoever he wanted. I had Raheem Mostert last, Mostert last year. Why not get Trey Sermon, the guy that's right behind him, and then I'm guaranteeing the San Francisco San Francisco's running game. That just fucking blew up. In my, everybody that follows fantasy football knows that it just fucking blew up in my face. And Trey, Trey Sermon is just nothing. I, I was right there with you. I was a Trey Sermon believer last year. Um, Me too. You know, I, 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 I would have made the same move you made right there. Exactly. The champs say, my two champs say they would have done the same thing. But the problem is... Every time they agree with me, it never fucking works out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of Corderell Patterson, so, I mean, if he's a guy that you're not keeping, is there a market out there for him? No, I try, I try trading him to everybody. And all I was asking for was a fourth-round pick next year. Everybody's got their guys that they want to keep. Well, and I think what hurts with the market for Patterson is in my fantasy league, which is what we use, he's now a running back. If you could trade him as a wide receiver, oh, I'm sure any, I'm sure a number of teams would be like, oh, I'll put him in as a wide receiver, but we can't. Well, do that no, I, I might keep him as a wide receiver, but getting running back stats too, like he was last year. But it, you know, it's only fair. The only reason why I wanted him to switch to running back status was because I didn't have fucking two running backs <laughs> to start last year. So, so looking at this, then you've got one quarterback and three running backs as your keepers. So you've got you know uh, Mahomes. CEH, Damian Harris, and Michael Carter yes. as your as your keepers. So that's four out of ten. Yeah, it's dropping Mac, dropping Ronald Jones, dropping Patterson, dropping Chris Carson, who his yeah. brain surgery or his head fell off or and, whatever. And I think we're all okay there with that. Yeah. yeah, I think the only borderline there would be Patterson just because of his role, right? But um but but no, can't can't disagree with you with any of those. So this, they, they, this year they, I, su- they suck, but I can't disagree no, with them. No, they suck. No. But I mean, <laughs> in prior years, I would probably keep a guy like Patterson over one of the young wide receivers who I'm going to end up keeping because it would keep me competitive. But keeping me competitive in the first four weeks of the season has not worked. It hasn't translated to getting to the end, and all that matters to me is getting to the end. I don't need to win the Super Bowl every year. I just want to be competitive through the last week of the season. Well, from what I'm seeing right now, too, this absolutely hits one of your goals. <laughs> and that of? and that goal is to be first on the waiver wire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is the goal. And, and, part, and, and we just talked about this in the last podcast. My first year that I drafted and that I won the year uh, in 1994, I drafted Steve Young first and then just happenstance fell into three wide receivers. William... Barnon Floyd was my top running back that year. That year, but we were a touchdown only 
uh, scoring system. He was the goal line guy for the 49ers. So therein, I had the quarterback and I had the touchdown score at running back for the San Francisco 49ers who won the Super Bowl that year, blew everybody away. That's how I won. And then had a trio of receivers that I was able to figure out when to play them and when they were going to score. And that worked that year, but it's never worked since. (laughs) (laughs) And, and and, you know, not that I'm dense enough to not try to change my system, but that's always in the background. So I've tried to keep, you know, just keep running backs whenever, wherever I could. But in doing research for this podcast, I don't think I need to keep running backs especially when they're at the shit level that they're, that they're on. I can draft those guys. It's, it's knowing when to have them and then using them precisely. And then if somebody breaks out, trying to trade them when they're hot. That's what I'm going to try this year. So I'm going to actually keep five wide receivers this year where that's kind of unheard of in our league when you have 10 keepers because there are so many wide receivers out there. But I have, I'm going to keep uh, Terry McLaurin, who I really like this year with Carson Wentz thrown to him. I'm going to keep Jerry Judy, who was part of the Travis Kelsey trade uh, on a previous podcast. I think Russell Wilson's going to be the MVP this year. I'm not sure if Judy's going to be the number one. I don't know if Judy's going to be an every week starter, but the potential is there that he could. He's young enough. He still could develop into that. Uh, my third keeper is DeAndre Hopkins, who I've, other than a, a brief year and a half stay, I've had him his entire career. I drafted him as a rookie. He's kind of like one of my guys. Really fucked me with the suspension, though. If the suspension wasn't there, he's old enough now to where I would have tried to trade him, but there's no trade market for him. Yeah, there's definitely been a love affair with you and uh, DeAndre Hopkins over the years. So for sure, uh, another another guy that I drafted as a rookie. Had the foresight to keep him even when he wasn't productive his first three years. And then when he exploded, I had him. And then I tried trading him to, to get something better. And then I just fucked up. But I have Hopkins. Uh, my fourth keeper is... Gabriel Davis? Nico Collins. Gabriel Davis, who I picked up at the end of last year and then had that monster playoff game. I think he supplants Diggs this year. But, you know, it's the, it's, it's the chump talking. I... I or not that supplants, is. but in the very beginning, will be very good because everybody's covering digs, and then it, it's not gonna it's gonna be hit or miss when they start switching coverages, floating coverages back and forth. I like him as a player. Not sure I agree with you there as yeah. far as the the supplanting digs. You, you look digs at the last part, four games the guys played; it's been nothing but touchdowns. They are covered. They are covered. Knox. Was a guy that, that Alan Char- uh, targeted in the end zone a lot last year. They're covering him. They know Diggs is the number one. Davis has just fucking stood out, and he's put in his time. I, I, I think he's ready for a breakout. Uh, the fifth guy that I'm keeping is Nico Collins. He seems to be a hot name out there right now. He's a guy that I've liked since they drafted him. But, you know, it's the Houston Texans passing game. I, you know... I, I kind of thought that I could let him go and kind of draft him back, but then he scored a touchdown in week two and doing best ball drafts. He keeps going higher and higher and higher. The the hype is there. I've fallen for this fucking preseason hype. Brian Edwards last year. <laughs> I've fallen for this fucking preseason hype in the past, but I really don't have anything better than him right now <laughs> other than maybe Patterson. I'm just going to sit on him, see if he becomes a stud. And then I hate fucking streaming tight ends. I have TJ Hawkins. I had Travis Kelsey traded for TJ Hawkinson over the offseason. Hawkinson's in a spot 
where I think he could be the number one receiver there as long as he stays healthy in a pass-first offense that I, I really don't like Jared Goff, but I think he's the best guy there. He's worth keeping. So you had said that you were going to keep six wide receivers, right? You went nah, over five. You- I'm gonna, well, right now, kind of Hawkinson and K.J. Osborne. Okay. Osborne being the third guy in Minnesota, I, I'm kind of, I, I think right now in just strategic, I, I hate streaming tight ends. I think I'd rather have an every week guy like Hawkinson and take my chances there. My honest opinion, I, I see your thought process here, but in my thought, instead of keeping Nico Collins, I could see you either keeping Irv Smith Jr. or Matt Ryan over him. I think they're both more valuable than Nico Collins because wide receivers are probably more available in our league. But I, I, I've just had a better, for whatever reason, I've had a better eye for receivers. When they're young and right before they're going to take off, Right now, my, my position on Nico Collins is I'm, I'm not sure if he's ready, but I don't think I'm going to have a chance to redraft him back if I leave him out there. Yes, there, there's a plenty of rookie re- receivers out there right now that might go, but, but I'm not drafting until the fourth round. I, I think I would regret losing him more than I would regret losing anybody else on my roster. Irv Smith Jr., who I do like a lot, I, I, I just can't see keeping two tight ends. Yeah, and I guess that kind of goes into what we've talked about in previous uh, podcasts, right? Is that if you've got a guy that you actually really like, um, you know, don't, it doesn't really matter what the ADP is, you know, get your guy, you know, right, type yeah. thing. So if you can make it up somewhere else, I mean, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue with that. I mean, I can absolutely see that, um, you know. And I guess part of me is just speaking because I'd rather see him drop Nico so I could draft him <laughs> the fourth or fifth round. And, and quite honestly, I, I'm a big proponent <laughs> against looking at preseason stats, but he scored a touchdown on their opening drive in, in preseason week two. It's not that I'm influenced by that, but how that influences everybody else. And I went and right after that game happened, I went and did a best ball draft. Nico Collins went three rounds before he was going. He was going in round 11, around, round 12. And the, even that was a reach from their ADP. He went three rounds before. He went in round nine. And that just, all right. If I, if I want Nico Collins on my team in the future, I'm going to have to keep him. So, and I guess we should have said this beforehand, is that, you know, our 10 keepers, we don't give up a round per those keepers. Um, you know, it's just 10 straight keepers right. regardless there's no, of the there's, round. Yeah, there's no... There's no uh, you know, I don't have to give anything back to keep Nico Collins. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Well, I mean, you know, uh, those seem like ten, ten keepers. I, I, you know, probably not ten keepers that. Hey, I thought you had a throw up sound. Well, we definitely have the you know the top ten answers are on the board, and yours aren't the top ten answers. So. Hey, don't <laughs> hey, don't respect Mahomes that way. He's at least in the top ten. <laughs> Um, you know, so if we kind of look at mine and Mike's, um, Mike, go, go ahead and go over your two key, your 10 keepers. Uh, really there's, yeah, mine are pretty simple. I have Josh Allen at quarterback. He will be the only quarterback I keep because of my talent at the other positions. I prefer to keep more running backs than wide receivers. So if I have as many as I can, that's what I do. So I am keeping Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, JK Dobbins, Leonard Fournette, and I have the 1-1, so I know I'm taking Brees Hall, so I don't have to worry so much about running back there. 
at wide receiver, I am I have Tyreek Hill, T. Higgins, DJ Moore. Those are for sure keepers. And then uh, I had a choice between Rashad Bateman and Allen Robinson, and I was torn. But I received a great offer for Allen Robinson, so I traded him, and now I'm keeping Rashad Bateman. And then at tight end, I have Travis Kelsey. So those are my 10 keepers. Okay. All right. And then, you know, mine is, uh, mine's pretty straightforward as well. I mean, there's kind of one decision point that I would have, but, um, you know, I'm going to be keeping Joe Burrow and Kyler Murray for right now. Running back, I'll be keeping Dalvin Cook, um, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, and Jonathan Taylor. And then at wide receiver, I will be keeping uh, Chris Godwin, Michael Pittman, and Devontae Adams. And then at tight end, I'll be keeping Mark Andrews. So the the only decision really that I have there is is Chris Godwin with his current situation with the ACL. Um, You know, if I chose not to keep him, um, you know, I suppose that would open things up for maybe a Chase Claypool or a Brandon Ayuk. Um, you know, or maybe even a Khalil Herbert. But, I mean, the bottom line is is that, you know, the talent level, if he comes back from this ACL, is just so much better than any of those guys. Um, I just I can't see doing anything else there. Yeah, I know Larry's roster really well, and I agree 100%. Those were the 10 I would keep if I had his team also. Yeah, I mean, the only comment I have there, other than the fucking stacked – I mean, I want you guys more to go into how – I mean, I'm sitting here with nothing. You guys have correctly through draft picks, more precisely through trades. You guys have these stacked rosters. How did you get these stacked rosters? Now, granted, we there are a lot of 12 team teams like leagues out there where there's nothing on the waiver wire. We only have a 10 team league because we always want there to be stuff on the waiver wire just to keep it fun for everybody. How are you guys able to build these teams? And the only thing I want to mention about your keepers, Larry, is Ayuk is a guy, again, watching best balls and watching uh, ADPs, Ayuk's a guy that goes three rounds ahead. And I have absolutely, I've loved Ayuk since he was dra- since he was drafted. I have no idea why. There's been no discernible reason other than the fact that he's having a good camp, which usually isn't a reason for a guy to get picked that that much higher. Yeah, I mean, the buzz out of camp on him is that he's just the the quarterback that he has not right now with Trey Lance kind of plays into his strength. And that is um, playing one on one on the outside and getting that deep ball. Um, You know, that that's kind of the thing that they're talking about with with Ayuk and why he's kind of rising up draft boards right now. But um, no, to kind of to hit on your point. Right. I've touched on this before, and that is don't be afraid to trade big names um and don't be afraid to go out there if you have uh an excess of talent you know don't be afraid to go out there and trade uh, multiple people for one or two people right? right so i think a couple years ago um right after jonathan taylor's rookie year and right after joe burrow's rookie year um you know joe burrow had the torn acl had had the surgery I think I made a trade and I traded away um, <clears throat> David Montgomery and um, Jalen Hurts. And I can't remember who else there was. There was probably four four people that I had traded away um, in order to come back with Jonathan Taylor and with um, Joe Burrow. 
And at that time, you know, I mean, it, it, it was a good trade. I mean, it was, it was people that were, you know, useful to both sides, um, you know, in that, and there was a lot of risk in coming back with Joe Burrow being, you know, coming back from that ACL and, you know, um, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, I, I love the guy, but I mean, during his rookie year, he really didn't do that much. Right. I mean, right. No, you hit the iron when it was hot. I mean, before either one of these guys broke out, I mean, that's how you build a fucking team. I mean, I I don't want to say it's getting lucky, but it's just having the foresight to, to jump before everybody else jumps. Yeah. And this trade was done in, in probably January or February of that year. So, I mean, it, it, it definitely was, you know, before everybody was thinking about fantasy football, usually, you know, usually after the year, everybody kind of shuts down until, you know, around the, the time of the NFL draft or free yeah, agency. From you know. February to basically July, everybody shuts down. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I, where I built on those two guys. I mean, Mike, you know, what have you done? Well, one of the main things I keep in mind is know your league scoring, your lineup and your roster rules. We talked about that floating position we have. We used to have, it was, you had to carry three quarterbacks, six running backs, six wide receivers, two tight ends, two defenses, two kickers. We decided kicker schmicker. So we ditched the one kicker spot. And now you can either use it for a running back or a wide receiver. Or a tight end. Or a tight end. But, God, who the fuck would use that for a tight end? Well, Jim. Me all last year. <laughs> but <laughs> would use it for a second kicker. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. But knowing that and uh, knowing that our league is it's still kind of antiquated and old that we start two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, and a flex. Most, team, most leagues have gone to three wide receiver. Most leagues are point per reception. So a lot of information people see out there is, Oh, you got to go wide receivers. You got to get these wide receivers. Well, maybe in a majority of leagues, yes, but ours, not so much. Our leagues, you're carrying at probably at, at very most, if everyone kept seven wide receivers, that'd be 70 wide receivers. Think about 70 running backs. Come on now. You're going to be left with nothing. I, you have to emphasize the running back position. Uh, don't be afraid to go out and get them. Key thing this offseason, we were talking about, Going early in the offseason, I knew one guy in our league that had extra running backs and couldn't keep them all. So I made him a very solid offer for Saquon Barkley, and he, he accepted it. So I got Barkley for a – it was kind of a steep price at the time, but it looks like it may pay off now. You, you just got to – like Larry said, don't be afraid to make a big trade. Um, you got to know your league tendencies for keepers. A lot of guys in our league, they try to keep running backs, but they're not as talented there. They may like the run wide receivers more. So we'll have teams keeping five wide receivers and only two or three running backs. So running backs are going to get drafted early and often. So it, the more running backs you could keep or draft early on, that's what you got to do. Yeah. And that, that kind of goes into my mindset on this as well. Right. And that is that, you know, I will always tend to go into a draft wanting to keep more running backs than wide receivers just simply because of the scarcity of that position. And and I look at out there and I'm like, okay, every team has probably three wide receivers, maybe even four on some teams. I can make up that wide receiver value in the draft somewhere. Maybe not even in the early rounds, but in the later rounds. I mean, I can always make that up it's much more difficult for me to make that up on the running back side. 
I agree. And that another uh, perfect point is your draft position. Let's say you can keep, let's say only three players, but you're drafting in the eight hole. Uh, you might. Did you be, say eight hole? Eight hole. <laughs> a, a hole, eight hole. But no, uh, knowing where you're drafting, let's say you have Jonathan Taylor, uh, Najee Harris, and uh, name another top. Uh, Aaron Jones. Okay, I would have thought higher than that. But <laughs> that's all right. But let's say you have those three, and your other keeper could be, say, DJ Moore, and you have the number three pick. Who are you more likely to get back with that number three pick? That will help you decide. Do you keep the one guy, and then you take the other guy with the number three pick? Yeah, the, the, I mean, you're absolutely right there. The other thing, too, is I actually have gone into drafts when I'm thinking of my keepers, thinking, okay, I could trade this guy, and I could get value out of him but I would really like to get him back, right? So what's my best way of being able to get this guy back, even if I do throw him back in the draft? So there have been times where I've kept a lesser guy and threw back a better guy because... There the, was somebody in the rookie class that you wanted. I wanted to upset the apple cart in the draft with who people were going to target in the draft, right? So it's like, all right, if I throw this guy out there, he's for sure going to be one of those top three or four picks that somebody's going to have to go for that nobody is expecting is going to be in the draft, right? And, and, you know, he, he's a guy that, you know, yes, would I have kept him? Could I have kept him? Yeah, but did I think higher of maybe somebody else that I wanted to get back in that draft? And again, that comes to that perceived value of a player, right? So, you know, again, you've got the ADP value of a player, um, the average draft position where a lot of people, they look at that. And then you've got the perceived value of a player. And for me, the perceived, perceived value of the player I wanted to get was, was much higher than what the ADP was of the guy I was throwing back. Right. Those are very good points. The other thing I like to keep an eye on is the player's age and their contract status. Key reason why I made the Saquon Barkley trade in the offseason. 25 years old, and he's in the last year of his contract. On At the time, was a very shitty team. I thought I might have to uh, basically throw him in the tank this year, swallow the draft picks I traded for him, and hope he goes to, say, a Dallas next year, because where Zeke's also a free agent, and they may want to go younger and get Barkley. But now, he, all of a sudden, the draft comes, and the, they build up their offensive line, and they're building pieces around them. Now it's looking really good. I would rather keep a younger player that's maybe could go to a better situation or a younger player that has a solid contract, rookie contract for four years, as opposed to an older guy that may be out of a job in a year. Very true. Very true. Yeah, but where my hope rests is I'm thinking specifically for Larry. I, I just remember specifically Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, for the first two years of his career, I thought was the fucking worst wide receiver I'd ever seen. <laughs> he was out on the waiver wire for multiple weeks, and I remember thinking, well, I should just, you know, he's with Aaron Rodgers, I should just take him. And I just didn't, for whatever, I can't remember the exact reason. And then all of a sudden, Larry just picks him. Just got him up. And, you know, was patient with him and kept him until he turned into this fucking, the best wide receiver in the league for two years. I mean, that's the, I mean, that's what I kind of hope too, is if I can't, if I have no proven record of drafting stars, there are stars made on the waiver wire every year. You just have to have the foresight to take them and, and roll with them. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. And I just, 
with the way I've been doing this, I haven't been able to put myself in a position to grab one or two of those guys in the beginning. When it matters, when you can carry them through the whole year, I'm trying to change that this year. Yeah, that's that's true. But then also the other thing, too, is I can remember guys that I drafted. I mean, I, I think Sean Alexander, you know, when he was in Seattle, I drafted him. And I want to say that Amon Green was in front of him for probably three years. You yeah. kept him forever. I, yeah, I sat on it. Yeah, I sat on his ass for three years um, before, uh, you know, he finally, you know, broke out. And, and that's not always going to work out for you every time, you know, but there are going to be times it's going to work out and it's going to work out beautifully for you. Yeah. yeah I did the same thing years ago with Willis McGahee. He was coming off that ACL. They knew he wasn't going to play that first year, but at the end of the first round, he was sitting there. I stashed him a year later. I had a number one running back for three years. Yeah. Yeah. I guess out of anything, I mean, unless I, and I, I'm kind of seeing the point of DraftKings now starting three receivers and it's PPR. It's to lessen, but I mean, unless you are starting three wide receivers every single week with a flex and it's PPR, the the position to draft is running back. Well, and if you talk about PPR, right, I mean, we've we've talked about trying to go PPR in our league as well, and that's been shot down several times. But, you know, to me, PPR actually expands your draft pool and your waiver wire pool as well, right? Because it brings all of not, not only those wide receivers, but it brings those third down backs into play that really their forte is just catching that ball. You know, it brings those JD McKissicks into being very, very valuable. Yeah, man, Agreed. but I can't, I cannot go in a week in a league that I'm playing in where a guy who has six catches for 20 yards is just as good as the fucking touchdown that was scored by the, the other receiver. That's the same thing, or it's better, actually. I mean, I it's just, it's too weighted. It's too random, and it's too weighted. The problem that I have with PPR is you've got receivers out there that are outscoring the quarterbacks. And, and to me, it's right, like that, right. that's, that, that to me is where the struggle begins with my mindset on it. Yeah. The, and the last point I want to consider is if I have a tough decision or a tie between a couple of players, I always take the younger player or I tend to because chances are they're going to be in the league longer. They're ascending where the other guy could be steady or declining. Well, I try and look at the situation as well, right? So, I mean, I look at it as a whole. If if I'm that deep into a decision, I'm going to look at, okay, do I think that coach is going to be there long term? Is there going to be a coaching change within the next year or two that, you know, could affect that player, you know, either positively or negatively? Um, you know, same thing with free agency as far as quarterback and stuff like that. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to look at all the pieces around that person before I make that big decision on my part. Right. Um, and, and sometimes you're going to win on that and other times you're going to lose. I mean, you know, like you said, with the, uh, with, uh, Ronald Jones and stuff like that. And, and some of the other players, I mean, it, or the Michael Carter, you know, you right. made that trade for Michael Carter last year. And, and I thought he w- he was walking into a job this year. Yeah, yeah. And, and then lo and behold, they draft, you know, Brees Hall, you know. So it's like, okay, you got a timeshare there now. Or you've got, you know, him being a complimentary back as as opposed to, you know, the main guy. You know, you got to look at those situations as well, especially when you're looking at your quote-unquote bubble players, right? Right. 
All right. Well, I, you guys have anything else? No, I think we hit on pretty much everything, and hopefully uh, that'll help Jim this year, but it probably won't. <laughs> I, I almost guarantee I will have a better record this year. Last year, I, I won the first-round pick for Mike. Mike Yay. got my first-round pick <laughs> to get Brees Hall this year. I traded that to him three years ago. I, I, I was the winner of the loser's pool. I am going to be better than that this year. I we're guarantee de- it. If he starts listening to the podcast, he definitely will be. <laughs> I have been listening. It, it's it's helped a lot. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right. So that is going to do it for us today. Uh, thank you for joining us. Please don't forget to follow us on our socials and subscribe or favorite the podcast and give us a review. We're out there on almost all of the uh, platforms where you can listen to podcasts. I can be found on Twitter at fantasy underscore Larry. Michael can be found on Twitter at domination, D-A-H-M-I-N-A. T-I-O-N. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Shun. And Jim can be found on Twitter at Jim Ruddle. It's J-I-M-R-U-T-T-L-E, chump, all caps. But you know what? You could probably just shout down the end of your street and you'll probably be more likely to get me there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So join us for our next episode where we'll be discussing our my guys. Um, these are guys that we want to leave the draft with every single time. So from all of us, thank you for listening and have a great rest of your day. See you next time.